CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called The Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins. Why was there a big gap, first off? I just was giving birth for, like, that entire period of time. And then, <laughs> oh, <really>? Wow. <laughs> it's a long birth. I have, like, yeah, I have, like, seven children. No, I have like, seven kids. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Barrett Share. Hello. And Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And today we have a very special guest. It is writer-director Zaina Dura. Yay! Done a movie <laughs> called Luxor, uh, coming out on uh, digital and on demand December 4th. Um, welcome, Zaina. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, this this uh, this movie is uh, is beautiful to look at. By the way, <laughs> the, uh, it's uh, it's uh, some places I've never been, but now want to visit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so happy. I know it's. We were really lucky. We got access to all these tombs that have never been shot in before, and um, you know, um, and just being in Luxor in Egypt was just fantastic because the film I had written and researched there kind of really came alive when once we had you know Andrea and um, and the cast out there. So it was pretty amazing. We were very spoiled. Is this is this a place you had uh, you'd been before, or yeah, I'd uh, been there once before. I've obviously been to Egypt. Well, obviously, I say obviously because I, my father's Middle Eastern. I've I've kind of been to the region a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, Cairo was like a big. It's a fun big city. So I've been there loads, and I just you know I knew Cairo well, but I I'd only been to Luxor once. Then I went back to I'd been back about three or four times before we shot because I kept on going back to like research, like, and it was really nice because from London, it doesn't take very, it's, it's, it's about a four hour flight to Cairo and then probably an hour flight to Luxor. So it's only about five hours and you can, you can go for a couple of days and then come back. So it was quite, it was quite fun researching the film because I had all these excuses just to pop over there for a few days <laughs> <laughs> and I commute from Luxor, London Luxor. That was great. And um but I wouldn't recommend taking the direct flight because apparently there's a direct flight twice a week, but apparently it's it's a really small plane and um oh. there's all these these theories about it. So um I don't wanna deal with theories. I don't want to get in trouble, but there's all these th- you when you're on the plane you can speak to people and they'll tell you why they decided to take that plane. Um, oh. it's kind of like the new triangle vibe it's very funny um, oh wow uh what, what was your inspiration for this movie you've you wrote and directed this so this is this is all your baby here yes yeah, so i i'm I, i'm a bit of a control freak so i always write what i direct <laughs> or hope to and um, i it just i had a dream and I, I was a bit down. This other film I'd been working on hadn't sort of happened. And then I, I, um, my producer, who's like a very experienced, brilliant producer, was like, listen, we'll come back to this movie. Just let's make something else in the, in the meantime. Let's just have a break, make something else, come back to this. I'm like, okay, fine. That night I go to bed. I have this dream. I'm in Luxor. 
And um, I, there's this, these, these kind of feelings that I then unpack on the phone the next day to my cinematographer, who's just a friend, really. She's a very good friend of mine. And we shot some some small things together, but never a feature. And then she said, well, you know, um, I said, I think this is a movie. And she goes, yeah, whatever it is, I'd love to shoot it because it sounds amazing. And then we kind of started from there. And then weirdly, it all just happened very fast. My My Egyptian producer was in town. He's a guy I was introduced to through his English production company ages ago. And we'd met in Berlin and he happened to be in London for the London Film Festival. But he was there that day and but near my house. So we met up. It was just one of those things that we like everything kind of worked really fast. And by the end of like two days, you've got a movie together. And you're like, wow. Okay, so what was that? <laughs> I for like two years with this other thing. And then like this one, you know, and I had and it was fully cast. This one had no cast. And so I just came together and was just made, you know. So, yeah. It's a good it's a good lesson that, you know, sometimes when you when you leave something and then go back to it, it's probably it's probably better than just holding on to it the whole time, you know, because otherwise I wouldn't have made this movie. So, yeah, um, the movie stars Andrea Riseborough, who we've seen in a billion things. Uh, she's all over the place. And uh, I don't know if I've ever seen her quite like this. Uh, there's something to her performance that tells you right off the bat that not only is there something wrong, but she's kind of good about like hiding it. Um, and, uh, and she doesn't know quite what she wants to do about it. And immediately you're just drawn into her. How did you end up uh, getting uh, Andrea Riseborough on this movie? So I, nobody believed that I was going to shoot it right after giving birth, I think. I mean, no one said that, but like I'd basically given birth. I'm like, right guys, let's make this movie. And everyone's like, well, we've just had a baby. I'm like, no, what? I'm not, it's my third, it's fine. I know what I'm doing. Let's just, let's do the movie. I've waited long enough. And, um, and then really I went out there. I, so basically I, I called, I called Mo. I was like, listen, we need to go. And then we, we said, okay, we need to find an actress. So, um, Andrew was suggested. I was like, that's bloody amazing if I could get her. And uh, I sent her my first film. She read the scripts for my first film, called me. She was in Senegal on a Netflix series. She calls me from the hotel. I'm in the English countryside, like like the green hills behind me. It was like hysterical. We, we had a really funny conversation because we were facing <laughs> very different environments. But because she's English, she got a bit homesick. And then um, and I got like, oh my God, I've always wanted to go to Senegal. So it's quite funny. And then we basically... <laughs> Had a really good conversation. She loved the script, got me in like two seconds. I thought she was perfect. She said she'd do it. She says there's one snag. Already I was going to shoot it in like 21 days. She goes, I can only give you 18 days. I'm like, oh, wow. And she goes, and in like two and a half weeks time. I'm like, okay. In my head, I'm like, oh my God, like how are we going to get these permits through? So luckily we started the permits for shooting all these tombs and temples and hotels a long time before. And luckily... Mm -hmm we managed to get them literally through. But some days we wouldn't even know where we'd be shooting because we're like, did we get the permit? Okay, great. Well, then we can shoot, you know, because there you don't <laughs> want to mess up. You need a permit. You don't want to get shut down. So, right. so, um, so it was very, very indie, really fun, very small crew. And she was up for it. And Kareem obviously had been in my first movie, Kareem Saleh. And he, um, so I knew him and and um, I, I he auditioned and, you know, they everyone agreed that he could, he, he could do the, the role. And so it was kind of, that's how it happened really yeah he sure uh, did he's spectacular in this oh, I'm so as, as as great as andrea riseborough is it, the 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 chemistry between those two is just not even necessarily romantic but just personally they just fit together 
Yeah, well, they are together, so it's really nice, actually. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, they fight, they fight, yeah, they're together. A year and a oh, half. Oh, really? Wow. Was yeah. this what, like before before the movie started? Or, no, 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 or? from the movie. From the movie. Oh wow! Well, there you go. You're you're a math maker. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I have I've seen your uh, first movie. Um, uh, the imperial the imperialists are still alive, and I didn't even know that was him. Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> the whole time yeah. I watched the movie. Yeah, because he had this really lovely long hair, and I was like, "Can you please grow your hair back?" And he was like, "No, that's me in the past." I'm like, please. <laughs> and then now he has it again. But um, <laughs> uh, now he's he's grown his hair again, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, th yeah, that's why you didn't know. And also, you know, he and this is a serious, you know, serious archaeologist. And in that movie, he was like a party kid, like in Bungalow 8 in New York. So kind of yeah. a diff different energy. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, we'll we'll talk more about Luxor, but uh, the, the that movie is very interesting. Uh, uh, it's 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 got some absurd qualities to it. Some fun. I don't know if it's fun paranoia. Is that the best way to to, to describe? I, I don't know. Paranoia is ever fun, but it's definitely always like in the most ridiculous situations. You know, I think that's how you. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So did did you learn anything on that movie that uh, that you took into this one? I know that there's a, a big gap and I have seen a big gap between movies and I've seen you talk about why there was a gap and why was there a big gap? First off, I just was giving birth for like that entire period of time. <laughs> And then, oh, really? Wow, <laughs> it's a long birth. I have like yeah, I have like seven children. No, I have, like, I have three kids, and I moved cities. You know, so yeah. I moved to London, and that always is a bit of a shift. I moved back to London, having not been here for you know over a decade, and I I was very much a New Yorker, so I was getting my feet back. I'd got married. I then you know had my first child, second child. And then by the third, I was like, I really, you know, just before my third, I was like, I really, I, I, I'd already had this film together. It didn't happen. And I, and I guess I just really wanted to make this one happen. So it was very important that, um, that, um, you know, I just got, I, I made it, I made it, like I said, like just went out there with the baby, but, mm -hmm. but I've made, I've wrote a lot in that period. And I feel like now that I'm sort of done with the child birthing element of my life, I can now go on to the, you know, write, write, making all those films that I wrote, you know. So I didn't waste the time. I just wrote a lot. Right, right. Right on. I mean, career-wise, yeah, waste of time. I was giving, you know, I have three lovely children. But in, in terms of the career, like, I was still working. I just wasn't on set. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so did you did you take anything from that first movie into this one? Or was making this movie almost like making your first one again? No, it was, it's great. You know, you don't forget. It's like riding a bike. You don't, it's mm -hmm. such a silly thing. The silly, I always hate that like example, but it's true. I just got on set and it was all fine again. And I, I really, I'm in my element on set and, and mm -hmm. I was just so happy to be there and so grateful to be working with these phenomenal actors and these amazing tombs and with amazing producers and great DP and my little son there. Um, you know, it was just perfect really. Um, and then, you know, I just feel that you don't really forget. The only thing is that this film was sadder because I think the world is a sadder place since I made mm. my first film. And I think that that really affected me. So that's probably where the sadness comes from. 
but um you know and, but and it's interesting because i when i made it, i thought god you know is the is the world going to be that sad when this movie comes out will it really resonate or is it just this moment that i'm in right now and and then obviously the pandemic hit which who who would ever have foreseen this and mm-hmm. and it's been a wonderful thing because we've been showing the, the film in london for two weeks and we're actually number one at cousin home cinema which is a really great um oh wow here. Like, cool. everyone's really watching it and What's wonderful is that people have been emailing me saying that the film has given them solace, you know, and that's mm. a really wonderful thing to be able to give people some kind of like ability to travel somewhere, but not escape. They can feel like they've gone somewhere, but it's also a cathartic film where they're dealing with, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that we're all dealing with now, which is, you know, trying to understand how to move forward when we're in this situation. Yeah. Um, you know, she's, uh, she plays the surgeon and, and, uh, she's, what is it? The Jordan, the Jordan Syria border is where she's coming. Yeah. She's coming from. And what, you know, and those are almost like, it's almost like a buzzword type of thing to say Jordan Syria border, because you immediately conjure up, uh, images and you're like, and, and if he's like, if you've been a surgeon, you must've seen some stuff. Um, and, and sort of that sort of sort of like uh, she looks so haunted during this whole whole movie yeah. and everything um is, is she like a doctor without borders or is, yeah. is it, okay. well, I, mean, I couldn't say she was because they wouldn't let me use their brand which i really understand because with these things you know that you've got to be very um you've got to really protect you know what you do but mm-hmm. they, they i went out to their clinic in that's let's say she's a surgeon that would be involved in a type of organization like that mm-hmm. and um, they kindly let me research and I, I went to the border and I spoke to some of the surgeons there and some of the nurses and then I went to the refugee camps and I saw, you know, like the next stage from like, you know, the clinic, that was like the kind of clinic where the like, you know, the emergency cases were. And then you would then also go to the camps and you could see where people with, you know, I guess with people now living in the camps having decided to leave syria mm-hmm. so it was, it was a really interesting very very sad very educational um it was, it was very important for the film really to really understand yeah yeah everything everything that she does in this movie seems underlined by that as soon as you hear that and if you have any kind of sort of like knowledge of it or anything you start going oh she may have seen some things that she just, you know, doesn't, you, you, you wouldn't want to uh, wish on anybody. To, no, to exactly. And then it's uh, about how do you come back from that? Like once you've seen those things, because I'm very, I'm very, very interested in the kind of secondhand effects of conflict. So she saw that stuff in the zone. Now she's out of the zone. She's in Luxor. It's still in the region but she's not, you know, on the front lines. And how, how does that affect her? Like, you know, she still has to wake up, have a shower, get dressed, eat food. It all seems quite surreal when you've been through something like that. But you yeah. still, you know, and then it becomes like, it's, it's, um, I just, I'm just always amazed at how just reality continues no matter what, you know? And right. I, I've always been interested in that. That's also like an imperialist, you know, like this guy goes missing and then they're still living their normal life, but mm-hmm. missing. But what are you going to do? Like not eat, not go out, like, you know, you know, like you have to live. So I always find that tension or not really tension, but that situation, I'm really fascinated by it. That's, that is fascinating because 
you accept the reality with which you're presented, right? You go from from one thing to another where you can see her absorbing the history and you can see that she's so raw that she's internalizing these feelings, these this uh when she says that the 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 area is pregnant. Um, you know, you can tell that she's absorbing it because she is so raw. Uh, it's a, it's a fascinating look at mental health and, and how you deal with the stages of grief. And I I won't spoil it, but there's one scene, which I would guess is the climax of the movie where, where it all just comes down on her and it's just a a spectacular performance. Is, Is this what you consider, the 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 crux of the movie that that scene in the bar uh, with her and Sultan um, and the dance and all that 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 stuff kind of the weight of the world finally coming down on her shoulders. I think she's established that you know she's so close to him from back in the day that you know with him she can just yeah she's just given herself like a moment to sort of let go you know and mm. she says in the film I shouldn't really drink she always says that you know she's at the bar yeah. shouldn't really be drinking. <laughs> You know, because like, I mean, and it's not just, it's not just a, someone in her situation. It's like anyone, sometimes people, when they're not in a good place, they shouldn't drink because everyone's had like a messy drunk moment. And it's not, yeah. you have a drinking problem. It's because like, sometimes when you're drunk and you're not in a good space, you know, they, you can just behave. It just, it's just like this kind of like uncensored release and you don't know what's going to come out, you know, and there's nothing more painful than watching someone you love go through that. And um, I really... I really wanted to have her have this release, but in, in at first she's just having fun with someone she feels very close to, and then it just it becomes darker and darker as she loses, you know, and and, and that was what. But in a in a not in like a predictable dark way where she's like smashing right. glasses or whatever. Like that's a very I felt a very like a um, that would be a very predictable way. It's just like you know, lying, you know, what she does, I won't give it away, but you know, like the way she does it, we, we had so much fun choreographing that. Um, <laughs> I was really curious was, about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you if this was choreographed or if you just let her go nuts or. So or I, let her go nuts. I, I gave her an idea and then she went nuts and then <laughs> she's like a dancer, right? So she looked like a ballerina. I'm like, hang on a minute. Right. Let me show you how high I can get my leg up. Right. Which is literally like mm-hmm. centimeters. Mm-hmm. And then she laughed and said, okay. And then that's when she became a bit more awkward and less beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she was so like, literally, it was like you were watching the Royal Ballet when she did it the first time around. And I'm like, hang on a minute. You <laughs> are, you're like, yeah. and also because the stress that was held in her body, I felt that she wouldn't be so flexible, you know? Um, yeah. The stress is like tension and you're like, you're, the way you, you hold yourself. So we worked on that and then she just did it. And then we kind of covered it. And then, and then we do little adjustments and try different things out. And she's just so wonderful to work with. And I loved working with her because you know, she's English and mm-hmm. I was born and brought up here. So it was really nice. Cause it was like, we had like a shorthand, which I've never had before. Cause I haven't worked with an English actress before because I always worked in America before. And then Imperius had a French actress. So in a way it was quite fun working in this way with her because there was like a, um, almost like a cultural shorthand that I could use that that I think um, benefited scenes like, um, you know, sometimes almost the goofiness in the dance scene really comes from from the fact, I think, that we're both English, you know? Mm-hmm. 
can you can you actually recall anything that's like specific in your shorthand that would be uh, I, it's, it's inter- interesting to me that you would have like this sort of almost different language almost uh, I, honestly, I, it was you know we shot in 18 days so i if you yeah. asked me what i was doing and saying i really don't <laughs> like a tiny baby with me most of the time right it was just like an insanely crazy fun thing to do I, yeah. I, I i don't know i just i just was like it just kind of worked we would laugh at the same things you know and then she yeah. would laugh, that's what i wanted for example like the laughter we found the same things funny you know right 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 you know this movie has a lost in translation vibe to it um uh, i got a lot of that sense uh during this uh during this movie because um you know, you have a character who is sort of trying to find herself and um, and everything, and and is and is going to all these different places to sort of uh, as a therapy or uh, whatever you want to call it. But uh, anyway, that's I don't. If you hate Lost in Translation, I'm sorry to have demeaned your film. No, no, anymore. I think it's wonderful. But it's funny. I didn't have that in mind at all because because um, no, I think she's a wonderful director. Mm-hmm. But- have that in mind at all because hannah knows who she is she's a surgeon in her 40 40s she knows who she is it's just he's trying to recalibrate whereas in lost in translation it's a girl that's so young and so lost she doesn't know where she is you see and there's a difference in that because because hannah's character has a life experience which the other character doesn't so yeah less about like and hannah's character knows that part of the world whereas scarlett johansson seeing it through fresh eyes like we all did when we traveled in that age when we were super young whereas mm-hmm. hannah's been there before she's lived there she can speak arabic it's a different kind of it, it it takes it away from being an observer of the exotic to actually like a just being somewhere that is quite um comforting to you does that make sense no that totally makes sense i i i i yeah i know yeah there's definitely a difference between the characters and everything it was just the the feeling is what i was sort of getting at uh to Mm -hmm. it the more than anything just sort of the how the how it uh those two characters are are not alike (laughs) at all uh it's a a total compliment i do like her work a lot i think she's I think she's very good. So yeah, uh, I, I I think I misspoke by saying you know they were both trying to find themselves or whatever. It's more about trying to find something anyway. It was just a yeah. sort of a feeling about how you know they, there's there seems to be some sort of disturbance and they seem to sort of be going to all these different places as a as a hope. Yeah, as a hope for some sort of therapy and whatever, but uh, yeah. but yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, she that that there is a distinct difference between those characters. You guys, you got some more to to, to ask? Well, yeah, I, just talking about um, the one thing I really found interesting about this was when we first meet um, when we first meet Helm uh, Sultan. Um, I, I just I really love that it's like we didn't know who he was, and they just you know they encounter each other on that on the boat. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like a lot of movies would have we would have seen some like earlier scene with them like meet cute or or something like that. And and you chose not to do that, which I thought was great because, I mean, we can catch up uh, through her performance, especially that they've known each other for a long time. I'm just curious, was that always the intention to kind of have that be the first meet when we first see him? Yes, that was 
always the first time. Only thing is, it might have been drawn out a bit longer. But the day that we were shooting, because it was 18 days, was the one day there was zero visibility in like a sandstorm. Oh. So I had. Oh, no. I exactly. I had to make it very micro. Luckily, by the end of the day, it cleared up. So I managed to, like, you know, match it all. But it was one of those things where, like, oh my God, this is a scene where they meet. There's a sandstorm. And everyone's like, well, why don't we just not shoot today? I'm like, we can't afford that because we only have 18 days. I don't want to, like, lose something else because we don't shoot today. We're just going to have to go today. And so, you know, what's interesting is it really worked out in the end. But I probably would have had you see him just maybe walk onto the ferry or something. Mm But because of the sandstorm that was going on and the red colored sky instead of blue, um, it wasn't really like a sta- it was like a dust storm where the si- the cloud goes really, really gray and uh, mm. very dark mm. and there's kind of foggy. And so you couldn't really go super wide. So I had to kind of really stay on the ferry. And that's kind of why we had it just like in that, like like that. But yes, it would have been that, but maybe just slightly more protracted. But I, I, I do, I wouldn't have had any other scenes with him like working somewhere else and then like showing up because yeah, it was very much her film. It's not really his film. He's mm-hmm. in her world, if that makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I just that was one of that was probably one of my favorite scenes, just because as a writer, I just I'm I'm always amazed at writing like that, where you just that one simple bit where you know she makes the and you know she kind of embarrasses herself by saying she's on a dig. Well, that um, was. That came, that was great. This is what a good actress she yeah. is. So she made that mistake. And then we looked at each other. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to keep that. And so we added. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> um, you know, because we've been going over and she made that mistake. And then I'm like, let's just keep it. That's amazing. And then we kept it in. And that's why I think that really made it. Because she's so flustered. And she's like, oh, I'm on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, You're on a team. You learn everything about their relationship in that in that one moment. It's exactly. it's, it's It's amazing. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um, you also are really good about, um, which I always love in these kind of dramas and stuff where you, you really let the the quiet moments play out. Um, and I, it was that, was that stuff that was actually in the script or was that just stuff that came from, from their chemistry and the way they played scenes? The script was very silent and very much built on the rhythm of like, she walks down the steps, she mm-hmm. opens door she looks at the concierge she gets in a taxi she sits in the taxi she literally you could like it was like a list but over time it created this rhythm which I think was really useful for the actors because we didn't have we had two days to prep and so you know it was very useful for them to just sort of have this rhythm and script which showed them that this was how it was going to be made in a way you know and on an energetic level if that makes sense and then um I think there were two scenes which I made up because I saw these locations. And that's the great thing about making such a low budget movie is that I, I said, you know what, the AD, I just want to shoot this for an hour. Can you give me an hour here? And they were like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I just take everyone to this old these old phone booths and I just shoot in them. And we write the dialogue <laughs> down. And um, it kind of worked out perfectly, you know? So I did fun stuff like that. I mean, that was the stuff that wasn't in the script. But the the other stuff, the more quiet stuff was very deliberate. It was a big challenge in the editing room to keep the pace with the humor, with her sadness, without boring people, without doing too much, without asking people to, uh, without being overindulgent and like begging people to empathize with her. It it had Mm -hmm. to be very, very subtle and nuanced. And that was what was the, that that a lot of that came in the editing room 
as well, that kind of pacing. I um, don't know how much you can talk about uh, Abydos in this movie because uh, uh, some it has like it, it sort of you know it's uh, the the thing that seems to be what the I don't know the goal or the it's the thing that people talk about throughout this movie and everything uh there's a discussion early on uh where hannah says she doesn't even remember going there um but i was wondering if you could tell me what abydos means to you in this movie is it a symbolic type of thing or is it much more than that so in the original script they have that argument after going to abydos because abydos is just like oh my god it's the most beautiful place you've ever been to i even i really remembered it from when i was little Mm-hmm. And the light, and it's just so holy there. Like I, it just I can't explain it. Just you can see the light vibrating everywhere because it's just such a holy place. Hmm. Like the kind of light that comes through the windows and the stones just kind of shakes. It's really amazing. Wow. And um, and the thing is, I I'm quite a realist. I think because of my whole NYU grad film training, which was a long <laughs> time ago, but it stays with you because you're there for a long time. I just realized that you. You know, you've got to be realistic. So it takes, because we had some foreigners with us, including myself, because I don't have an Egyptian passport, we would have to have taken the tourist road, which takes six hours or eight hours to get there. The crew mm-hmm. could have got there in two hours. But then if we're if it takes us eight hours and then we have the night, we only have 18 days, how am I actually going to actually shoot in this place properly and then get everyone back and, you know, compass mentors to shoot a night shoot the next day in Luxor Temple because it was to do with the scheduling. And so we, although we had the permit to shoot there, we decided not to shoot there just to save the other scenes. And we knew Mm -hmm. that we could could just create that scene somewhere else. So I put it in the architectural office, you know. And Mm -hmm. then Abydos became this kind of dream, this utopian dream, because that was, for the ancient Egyptians, it was their most holy temple. Mm -hmm. And um, I really think that, you know, at the end of the film, we were trying to work out how we could o- end it with an open ending. And it really happened in the editing room because we remember, we realized how many times Abydos was mentioned. And we thought, well, that's a really beautiful way to end it because you know that they're going to leave together, but you don't know if they're going to be together. And he didn't save her in that kind of patronizing sense of like a man saving a woman. But like he's given her and she's given herself she's given herself some hope through meeting him, you know, and mm-hmm. that something might happen. And it kind of is this like this kind of optimistic thing to look forward to, to, to go, let's go there and let's see, you know, and it's a very beautiful place. So yeah. it sort of really worked out in that respect. Well, I think uh, we're, we're up against your hard out as, as much as we would love to talk to you for hours about oh, this, this thank film. Thank you so much for watching it. Where are you guys from? We are from Nashville, Tennessee. So Nashville to London is 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 happening right now. Talking about Egypt. <laughs> yes. So to hear you talk about popping down to Cairo and Luxor is like us going to LA. I don't know Chicago or something like that. Yes. <laughs> it's five hours, so it's probably like L.A. or something. Yeah, L.A. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was laughing because like when I moved back to Europe, the one thing I really loved about being in London because you know I was there in America for so long, and my husband's Texan. Um, oh yeah. Oh. So like we, you know, I was there for so long, and I just. I love the fact that I can be in Spain in an hour and a half, you know? Yeah. I can be yeah. on the island. I can be in like a, 
you know, an island in, you know, off the coast of Spain in like two hours. I can be in Paris in, you know, in like no time. I can be in like the Middle East in four hours. It's kind of amazing being here. I mean, that's so wow. nice about Stop me. rubbing it in, Zana. <laughs> yeah, well. I have to say, I really you know. miss America, though. I really do. I really miss I, I, I loved, you know, I was there from 22 to 34 and I reached the age 22 to 34 and I really miss, you know, I miss it. But, um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's always there for us because, you know, we've got family there and everything. So we're often there. Well, I mean, we can be to Alabama in an hour. So, you know, if, if that's... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to, but uh, you yeah, could. I have no Stop, idea. I have no idea. bragging, Jonathan. I know. bragging. <laughs> Uh, all right. We'd like to thank uh, Zaina Dura for uh, giving us her time. Um, movie comes out, uh, Luxor comes out on December 4th. Uh, but that's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkins and Barrett Share and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.